Good morning, folks. Welcome to All Things Africa. Isn't that what we call this podcast? I'm kind of lost now. I haven't done any updates here in quite some time. Pleasure to have you back here. This is Chris, not in central Pennsylvania, but in Tallahassee, Florida, the state capital of Florida and home of Florida State University and Florida A&M University. Welcome to the program as we get started here to talk about South Africa's Judicial Service Commission and the joke that it is, the shameful joke that that commission is. Pleasure to have you join me today. It is the 6th of October, 2021. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome back to the program. It's a distinct pleasure to have you join me. You're listening to Chris Wyatt in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, let's uh, get started talking about this. Hopefully an audience will build. We'll see. Whatever the case may be, I'm here and happy to share this time with you as I prepare for my day here in Tallahassee. Sun is breaking. I look to my left. It's still dark. To the right, I see the sun rising off the eastern seaboard there here in Tallahassee. So thanks for joining me, folks. A pleasure. Well, South Africa's Judicial Services Commission is one of the institutions that many people thought was a strength of South Africa's democracy. But honestly, what we've seen this week shows that it's anything but a strength of that democracy. Really, really sad what's been going on in South Africa. Truly sad. Headlines are astounding. This from News 24 just yesterday. You are a white male. That's the elephant in the room, the Judicial Services Service Commission unmoved by the direction from the Constitutional Court back in April to redo its interviews. They redid them, picked the exact same four people, asked anti-Semitic and racist questions directed at the two white candidates, and then they're the only candidates excluded from the list. A list that includes Western Cape Judge John Halope, who is about to be impeached, and the public prosecutor, who is also facing impeachment from Parliament, for her actions. Two accused, who are likely criminals, remain candidates, while two eminent legal scholars and former judge are dismissed because they're white. The fantasy of a rainbow nation in South Africa is just that. The rainbow nation is not there. And the reason it's not there is because of the African National Congress. The ANC is the one who is racialized, bifurcated, and divided South Africa along, along racial lines. Welcome, folks. A couple of folks have joined us here in the studio. Let me just say hello to everyone there in the text. And I hope that everyone's doing well today. It's 734 here on the East Coast of the United States. I'm in the Panhandle of Florida, not too far from where the time zones change, but I'm still on East Coast time. So it's a pleasure to see you join me. And we're talking about South Africa's Judicial Service Commission today, and it's shameful, disgraceful, anti-Semitic, racist behavior. Two members, of course, in particular, the ludicrous Dalian Pofu, Jacob Zuma's attorney, and, of course, none other than Julius Malema, whose appointment to this body in 2014 signaled the demise of yet another institution in South Africa and what was once one of the strengths of its democracy, its institutions. Well... That is no longer the case, as the behavior of the Judicial Service Commission is shockingly abysmal. Well, let's talk about what the Judicial Service Commission is. It's a body that was established by the Constitution and has 23 members. And they are there to advise the national government on matters related to the judiciary or the administration of justice. 
also has two other functions. It interviews candidates for judicial posts and makes recommendations for appointment to the bench. It doesn't appoint people, it makes recommendations. And that's the process we just saw it go through as the Judicial Service Commission dismissed the two white candidates and kept two likely soon-to-be impeached people on the list, the short list, all black South Africans, not Indians, not coloreds, not whites. So interviewing candidates for judicial posts is part of their responsibility, and they also deal with complaints brought against judges. Now that first function, the interviewing of candidates, is handled by the Service Commission as a whole, and the second is handled by a smaller group of just 13 commissioners. Complaints against judges who contravene the Code of Judicial Conduct have to be reported to the Secretariat, which is located uh, in the office of the Chief Justice. The Code of Judicial Conduct provides for ethical and professional standards required of every judge. As members of the Judicial Service Commission Act and other professional capacities, and the various committees meet biannually. The Secretary is required to manage and facilitate the work throughout the year when they're not in session. Yep, there you have it, folks, 23 members. Uh, the composition today includes, um, you've got the Chief Justice of South Africa, and that's the outgoing uh, Chief Justice who needs to be replaced. You have President of the Supreme Court of Appeals. Now, I misspoke a few moments ago. I'm talking about, um, I, I, I mixed two things, so I should be clear about that. Specifically, um, the two people under suspicion are not for appointment to the court. They're for appointment as the Chief Justice. These appointments are separate from that. The court will go through a major reorganization here as new justices, two new justices are added, and a new Chief Justice is also. It's actually three new people, so my, my apologies for the confusion there. I misspoke there. So the Minister of Justice, Ronnie Lamola, is part of this. We've seen how ineffective he has been at his job. We also see Dalian Pofu, the clown car show of an attorney who represents Jacob Zuma as part of it, asking racist questions of the candidates. And then for their part, the disgraceful conduct of, frankly, I don't want to see a candidate like this on the bench. And this is uh, quoted from Alan Dodson. Alan Dodson, during his interview, said, to the extent that I have a white skin, I haven't taken advantage of it, and I've done the best to use the privileges that still come with it. <laughs> Wow, uh, that's someone who really doesn't get the real world. How can someone so eminent believe such garbage? I don't deny there are privileges that have been attached to my white skin, but I try to use the resources and privileges that I've had educationally for the betterment of the country and to represent the disadvantaged in South Africa. Blah, 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 race hustling, race hustling, race hustling. To be fair, he was asked the question. But to be honest, if that's his worldview, that he has advantage based on his skin color, that's just ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Um, and it does not look at the true circumstances of people around the world. It does not. Anyway, just ridiculous nonsense. So let's see if anybody's here in the program. Say hello to folks. Nope, just one person. Sophie entered the live studio and looks like Sophie left. <laughs> that was pretty quick. Anyway, well, welcome, folks. Um, I don't see any of the normal audience here. I'm a bit surprised by that, why there's none of the normal audience here. So shame. Uh, really, uh, people asking me, asking me, asking me over and over again um, to do one of these streams. And here I am doing it when I actually have a lot of other things to take care of uh, here on the road. But um, anyway, uh, for the couple of people who are here, thank you for being here. I appreciate you being here. And hopefully you've got some questions. Normally I do call in, let people call in, and we chat about these topics. Uh, but we normally have a much larger audience to this. So let's just um, see how things are going as we progress here. Anyway, it's, uh, it's a strange situation in which um, the uh, 
Judicial Service Commission has become racialized. Uh, of course, that was inevitable, I think, once Malema was actually ported to the, uh, appointed to this body. Now, for his part, this guy who's a bit of a clown car show himself when it comes to these issues, uh, Sebus McKaiser, uh, said the Judicial Service Commission should tell us whether white men should stop applying. He says it's grossly unacceptable for the Judicial Service Commission to be so coy about the criteria generally are for eligibility to be elected as a constitutional court judge. More precisely, they must be blunt about any exclusionary threshold requirements so potential candidates do not waste their time throwing names into a hat from which theirs can never be drawn, like Unterhalter and Dotson, because they're white. The most obvious elephant in the room is the racialized elephant. Does being white or white male exclude someone a priori? If so, why not tell the likes of Judge David Unterhalter and advocate Alan Dotson to not bother applying at all? But once you invite them for an interview, then the operating assumption has got to be that they're there with a chance. At that point, the quality of the interviews provides a final set of observations. Well, but that doesn't. It doesn't. Because justice is not about justice in South Africa. Justice is about revenge. And this is sickening, given that over half the population in South Africa was born under ANC majority rule. And they are the children of the ANC, and the ANC is responsible for their reality. Not apartheid, not the National Party. Uh, the lingering effects of apartheid definitely play a role here, and it's definitely an issue, but this is utter nonsense, utter nonsense, folks, and it needs to stop. Um, people who don't normally speak out on this are already speaking out on this from across the spectrum in South Africa, and it's high time that such things were done, that people step up and say the right things, because it's long overdue. Just a second here, folks. Um, my broadcast is being moved to tomorrow. Okay. Sorry about that. I had to fix that very quickly here. Just had to put a note in there about uh, my program that I do with Ronaldo Hoz on YouTube called Wednesdays with the Colonel. It's every Wednesday with Ronaldo, who is from South Africa, and we talk about events in South Africa and in the United States. And um, it's kind of a chill session. Uh, we do get a little excited. Well, I get excited anyway, I should say. Uh, but it is kind of a chill session. So we do that every Wednesday, but it looks like that's going to be delayed now. And also, Wednesday, I normally do my program, The Common Sense Conservatives, on WSMN in Nashua, New Hampshire. But I'm unable to do that because tonight I'll be speaking at Florida State University about geopolitics, foreign policy, national security, and also... This is interesting. Uh, five people enter the room, but there's only two people here. Somebody's fibbing to me. But anyway, thanks for tuning in, folks. Glad you're here. Uh, so tonight I won't be uh, doing my uh, radio program, Common Sense Conservatives, because I'll be speaking at the same time, so it won't be possible. To my knowledge, the uh, broadcast from Florida State tonight, or the program tonight, will be recorded or broadcast. Not really sure how they're going to do that, but we'll see. So I was invited down here to Florida State to talk to students about national security, national security policy, development, Africa, and a host of other topics. So I'm looking forward to it, but I have the day to myself, so I thought it was time to do a, a Podbean, a live stream, because I haven't done those in a while. So here we are, and we're doing that now. And then I'll be doing on-the-go live streams on YouTube throughout the day so that people can learn a little bit about Jacksonville. Jacksonville, not about Tallahassee, excuse me. Why am I saying Jacksonville? About Tallahassee. And so... I'll be traveling around the city today and take a look at also doing a, a, a um, tour of, of Florida State University campus that's coming today. And then tomorrow I'll be doing a little bit more before I hit the road. Um, of course, 
both Tallahassee and uh, Harrisburg, uh, my origin and destination, are not exactly major aviation markets. So, so I have to spend the entire day here because my only flight option is in the evening uh, that, that fits so they can get things done. So, yeah, so looking uh, over the next couple of days, my... My live streams on YouTube will be a little less. Uh, for, hey, Renee, welcome to you. There's something that I recognize finally. Good to see you there. Well, thanks, folks, for tuning in. We were talking about the South Africa's Judicial Service Commission and its insistence on virtue signaling and playing games. Why, after three decades of ANC rule, is the ANC turning South Africa into, into apartheid? Oops, somebody just wanted to call in. They disappeared there. Okay, well, um, people are welcome to call in if you'd like to call in. So I just saw someone try to call in. Was that a mistake? If you want to call in, you're welcome to call in and chat. Anybody, all you have to do on either your Podbean app or if you're on the Internet in a web browser is just click on that uh, button to dial uh, to call in, and then I can let you in and we can chat. We can chat. So let me know. If you want to call in. Anyway, so after three decades of ANC rule, the country becomes more and more divided on race, at least at the media and political level. Maybe not so much on the streets, but certainly at the media and political level. Yeah, it's uh, a crazy world. It's a crazy, crazy world in which the government is focused on dividing people. That's what it's all about. It's really all about dividing people. And it's really sad and tragic to see this after all this time. I mean, what was the liberation struggle about? What was the Freedom Charter of 1955 about? A non-racial society. And the African National Congress is racializing society. They're no better than the National Party using race. So, honestly, I have never heard anyone say this, but I'm going to say it for the first time. Uh, of course, uh, for years, the National Party was able to convince white South Africans, many of them, to keep them in power because of the Sat Gava, the black threat. Well, here's the reality here. Without stating it openly or publicly, the ANC is using the Vitgava, the white terror, the white threat. That's really what it is. That's the whole concept behind this nonsensical, nonsensical white monopoly capital nonsense. It's a shame because most South Africans get along perfectly fine. They get along perfectly fine. <laughs> People are popping in here left and right. I really don't understand. What, if you pop in for three seconds and leave, what's wrong? You don't like my voice? Is it the wrong tone? Is it the wrong ethnicity? saw a couple people pop in here and then disappear almost immediately. Interesting. Anyway, so folks, um, it's uh, the 6th of October, 2021. This is Chris in Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of the state of Florida and home of Florida State University, famously known for its football program. And Bobby Bowden, who passed away in August, had a major impact on this community, of course. Uh, he was a legend here. The 91-year-old Bobby Bowden was arguably one of the most successful college football coaches, coaches in history. And so the effects of that are still being felt by people who live here in Tallahassee. Well, back to the Judicial Services Commission very quickly. So this is an article by Farrell Hafaji in the Daily Maverick. It said, David Unterhatz's failed Concord bid and white Cape Town mural race show identity politics now trumps non-racialism in South Africa. Indeed it does. And it has for over a decade. It's really sad. She says that uh, it's a sad day when a polymath lawyer like David Unterhalter can't find a bench on the Constitutional Court. Judicial Service Commission hearings to fill two Concord vacancies on the 4th of October failed to recommend Unterhalter's candidacy, even in the rerun presided over by Acting Chief Justice Raymond Zondo. He faced questions about his race, that's illegal by the way, and advantage, also illegal, by 
Commissioner Dalian Pofu for a second time, which is likely to have been a disqualifying factor. It's not disqualifying, it's racism. Unterhalt is recognized by his peers as a leader among them, especially in commercial, trade, competition, and its intersection with the Constitution. He served numerous stints in the World Trade Organization dispute settlement body like a court of global trade jurisprudence. Yet he failed to make the cut a second time. This time, at least, the JSC avoided asking anti-Semitic questions of the Jewish judge. No, they did. They asked anti-Semitic questions. In a different race, the run for the plum job of Cape Town mayor on November 1st has also revealed that the constitutional pillar of non-racialism is a slogan alone. Exactly right. It is a slogan alone. The city slate, lead slate has three good politicians leading it. DA's young gun, Jordan Hill Lewis, good party's Brett Heron, and the ANC's Cameron Dugmore leading the party's election campaign. Uh, these three are the essence of the race. Although there are other candidates, including Lennon Max, who I interviewed on my channel. Lennon Max was my guest uh, last week. Uh, he's colored South African. He's also standing for the Freedom Front Plus. Non-racialism is a uniquely South African political and constitutional construct. It has always meant that you should strive to comprise leadership teams that reflect South African society by race, gender, ability, and sexual orientation. Uh, the only thing that I care about there is ability. That's the only thing that matters to me. For the ANC in particular, it has historically meant a moral consideration of non-racialism in action in the composition of its leadership cohorts across all sections of the executive and parliament. But since the administration of former President Thabo Mbeki, this commitment has steadily eviscerated to reach a position decried by incumbent President Cyril Ramaphosa. Giving testimony at the Zondo Commission into state capture earlier this year, Ramaphosa said he found it more and more challenging to confirm diversity as a key plank for public office when the ANC made deployments. <laughs> the party is in the thrall of black African nationalism, often responding to the private sector's recalcitrance to elevate black African leadership. Now, she says this, the DNA has now firmly embedded back in its identity of being a representative of white society after it experimented with Musi Maimani as a black leader. Is doing so to fight off a spirit advanced by the Freedom Front Plus, which took out a chunk of support in the last election. Well, I don't know that I agree with that. I, that's the simple solution for the Democratic Alliance, not defending them. But uh, that, to me, Farrell, is an inaccurate statement. I don't think you've hit that even close to the mark. Folks, if anybody wants to call in and say hello and chat, you're welcome to do that. You're welcome to call in and say hello, and uh, we'll listen to your opinions on this. It's a very handy tool here on Podbean. And it's the reason I pay for this channel. I make no money from this, but I pay annual fees uh, in order to bring you these podcasts and also deliver services over my program. So you are welcome to call in. I've already paid for it. You don't have to pay for it. It only costs you your time and your data. Anyway, as I was saying, folks, it's um, – it's. Uh, let me get back to the story here. So I, I disagree with um, – Farrell's um, assessment here of the Democratic Alliance. Um, this is a simple solution. It doesn't doesn't look at the reality of it. Um, the Democratic Alliance is overwhelmingly a party of coloreds in South Africa, not of whites. And there are plenty of coloreds in positions of responsibility in the party. It's just that the press refuse to point them out or talk about them. That's what happens. Yeah, now, the Democratic Alliance, in my view, has lots of issues, but um, those issues... <laughs> pale in comparison to the race-hustling, racist African National Congress. A disgrace to the liberation movement, a party that has disgraced the efforts of millions of people to end apartheid as they have sent themselves down a path of pilfering, theft, and ineptitude. As I mentioned a couple of days ago, of South Africa's 23,400-plus public or government schools, you have 18,000 that have no library for students. You have over 16,000 that have no access to the internet. Yet, 
these ludicrous, disconnected, rich, elite, privileged, scumbag ANC members of government continually talk about South Africa's space program and how it will lead the world in the next generation of economic development. They can't even keep the lights on in South Africa, pave the roads, police the streets, 60 murders per day, rolling blackouts, load shedding. Unbelievable nonsense. And they're going to lead the world in maths and science. When the passing mark, if your skin is dark enough, is 30% in two subjects and 40% in the rest, which gains you entry into university. Yet if you score 98% on your entrance exams, your matric, and you're an Afrikaans speaking South African, you could deny entrance into universities in the Western Cape. It's mind boggling. It's gobsmacking. The violations of the Constitution in South Africa are beginning to parallel those of the chief executive of the United States, consistently violating the Constitution with unlawful, unconstitutional executive orders. South Africa does the very same, racializing society in clear violation of South Africa's Constitution endlessly, endlessly. It's just off the charts unbelievable. And what's really a shame because South Africa has amazing people, absolutely amazing people. For anyone that's never been to South Africa, you should go. Well, of course, you can't go now because you have to have, you know, a body cavity search, um, a PCR test, another PCR test, another PCR test. Yeah, right. Anyway, but when you can go to South Africa, you should go. Fantastic people, amazing landscapes, phenomenal history, and incredible potential all squandered so that scumbag, privileged, elite, arrogant, asinine members of the ANC can steal and pilfer for their own personal gain and self-aggrandizement. It's a tragedy of epic proportions in South Africa. But it is the reality, folks. It is the reality of South Africa. And this is when it's time to change that. I recently had an article that I wrote, which I titled, Kenako, South Africa. Kenako comes from Setswana, spoken by about 4 million people in South Africa. And it means it's time. And South Africa, of course, is Afrikaans for South Africa. So I mixed two languages, Setswana and Afrikaans. It's time, South Africa. On the 1st of November, South Africans will have an opportunity to change this narrative by going to the polls. Of the 39 million or so eligible South African voters, 26 million have taken the time to get registered. Of those 26 million, of those 26 million, probably 13 million will vote. Maybe. 14 million if we're lucky. Those 14 million people or so have the fate of South Africa in their hands. They have an opportunity, have an opportunity to change the narrative in South Africa. But in order to do that, they're going to have to step up to the plate. They're going to have to vote, and they're going to need to vote for opposition parties. Now, there's a lot of discussion about opposition parties and the outcome of this election. And I'm not going to predict anything because there are no reliable polling statistics. We have no idea how these people are going to vote. We can guess. One thing is certain, all things being equal, there's no way in God's green acre that the ANC will do well in this election across the nation in numbers. They'll do well in certain municipalities, and that's what this is about. This is actually not an election, but it's elections. These are municipal elections throughout the country, and all of the 241 municipalities will have elections. And there are over 60 or 90,000 candidates standing, depending on what source you look at, for nearly 9,000 ward councilor positions around the country to control city councils and mayoralships. Well, the ANC will do well in some areas, particularly in rural areas, but they are likely, all things being equal, to be obliterated in Hauteng, 
the most prosperous and wealthiest province of South Africa, in the Western Cape, in the Eastern Cape, and especially in KwaZulu-Natal, where the government's either collusion or ineptitude in the events of July, which led to widespread looting, attacks on infrastructure, coordinated attacks, which included the destruction of four radio stations, a water treatment facility, a crematorium, the main artery in Southern Africa cutting off traffic flow, theft of ammunition from a container that was not supposed to be in Durban, was destined for Cape Town. And then, of course, over 350 murders. While the government claimed they have no idea this is going to happen, Helen Keller could have seen this coming. It was so painfully obvious, I predicted it on June 29th, when the Constitutional Court found former President Jacob Zuma in contempt of court and sentenced him to one, five, 15 months in prison. I predicted there would be violence. I had no idea that 100,000 people would become criminals and do this around the country. Oh, so you can like the show. I didn't even know you had, there was a like button for this. Well, folks, if you don't mind, if you push the like button, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, so um, when all this went down, the government said they didn't know about it. No one warned them only for it to be revealed days later that, in fact, police intelligence had warned politicians who simply ignored it. Now, why would the government ignore this situation in KwaZulu-Natal and Hauteng? Very simple reason. The African National Congress is deeply divided, and it has people amongst its members of government, appointed and elected, as well as in the deep state bureaucracy, who fall on one side of the camp or the other. And these, this insurrection that took place in KwaZulu-Natal and Hauteng favored the Zuma faction to weaken the ANC. Of course, Zuma was in prison, so ostensibly this is about freeing Jacob Zuma, but it wasn't. It was an excuse to play out an internal civil war of the African National Congress. And of course, at every opportunity, they racialized this as people attacked informal settlements, as other ethnic groups attacked residential areas, the media and the ruling party turned it into a racial issue, accusing Indians of hunting blacks and then accusing Indians of destroying squatter camps. Well, that one I can confirm. For whatever reason, a group of vigilantes who appeared to be mostly Indian did attack an informal settlement in Peter Maritzburg in disgraceful conduct. But we can also confirm that throughout KwaZulu-Natal, around Durban, Phoenix, Peter Maritzburg, that black South Africans tried to rampage through residential neighborhoods where Indians lived and attacking their businesses in racially motivated attacks. But that is underreported. Now, Indians attacking squatter camps where poor blacks live, morally wrong criminal activity. Black South Africans attacking Indians in the residential neighborhoods and their businesses, morally wrong and criminal activity. So let's be clear about this. This is not acceptable behavior in a civilized world. But it is South Africa, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake, it is South Africa. Yep, there you have it. So anyway, yeah, um, nobody seems to want to call in. That's fine. I guess you just want to listen. That's perfectly fine. But thanks for joining me this morning on this. Um, I wouldn't say no notice. I did put it up last night. That's why I'm a bit surprised that some of the regular folks who tune up or rock up didn't show up for this. But I want to thank everybody for joining me on this stream today. And once again, this is about the South African Judicial Service Commission, which is 
become yet another race hustling institution in South Africa with the um, fake interviews of Unterhalter and Alan Dodson, and then the shameful behavior of Dalian Pofu and, of course, Julius Malema, among others on this commission. The commission is an absolute joke, it's a disgrace, and it's a weak link rather than a strengthening part of South Africa's democracy. Truly sad to see this, folks. Truly sad to see what direction the country has gone. The difference between the African National Congress and the National Party is simply a change of pigmentation in who leads and runs the party. That's about it. Both parties are very comfortable with totalitarian fascist control of society. Look at the actions of the ANC. Look at the actions of the ANC. Since this pandemic began, it's beyond reprehensible. And in fact, it has accelerated the number of people who've been infected most likely. And it has done nothing but destroy the economy and bifurcate society. And they're perfectly fine with that. Continuing to stand there and tell people that they consult their scientists. I, I don't know what scientists they consult with because they're not handling a pandemic in the fashion you do it. When you have a pandemic, you isolate the, uh, the vulnerable, you quarantine the infected, and then the rest of the people go about their business. That's how you do it. We've not done it that way as fascists around the world have seized upon a virus that kills two-tenths of 1% of those who ever catch it. And the people it kills have underlying health conditions like leukemia, tuberculosis, Hodgkin's, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, morbid obesity, or, or over the age of 80. That's virtually everyone who dies from this. Yet we run around with these fascist politicians in the ANC and the Democratic Party and the Tory party, Scott Morrison's government, Justin Trudeau's government, Angela Merkel's government. It's insane. They steal liberty, they destroy the world and remake it in a fashion that will benefit no one but these elites who already have all the privilege and wealth while they ignore the rest of us. And that's the tragedy, folks. That's the absolute tragedy. Well, South Africa Judicial Service Commission has become a race-hustling body, and I think a lot of people believe that was the case when the joke of Julius Malema's appointment to it back in 2014 took place. Absolutely ridiculous. But I'm going to end it here, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, I didn't know you could like the show. If you're able to like the show, please do that. I see that Dreon put a like up there. Thank you so much for that. Um, I think I'll do a quick live stream on YouTube here shortly just to see if anybody shows up, just out of curiosity. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's the first uh, live stream I've done on Podbean in some time. So thank you very much. Okay, everybody, that's it. Have a lovely day wherever you find yourself around the world. Cheers and take care of yourself.